Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light, private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, chapter 8, continued, section 10, to smile at God. The retreat, preached by Jesuit Father Lawrence Trevor Picacci in April 1956, did not impart the hoped-for relief. But it was the occasion of a decisive meeting. Only later did Mother Teresa reveal to Father Picacci its significance. Some years back, when you gave the retreat to the novices, and I made it with them, our Lord forced me to speak to you and open myself, and then, as if to approve my sacrifice, he made you our confessor. Although it would have been legitimate under the circumstances to seek help or relief, Mother Teresa stressed at various times that it was solely at God's insistence that she had made known her spiritual state to Father Picacci. I don't know why she late she wrote later. I don't know why she wrote later. He wants me to open my soul to you. I do it because I can't refuse. To the archbishop, she reported the comfort the retreat had afforded her. I was happy to be one of the postulants once more, so I had many hours of prayer. The resolutions she made during these days of prayer covered important aspects of her life. Her attitude when humiliated, her charity toward others, and her smile as an expression of her loving disposition toward God in spite of her feelings. My resolution. First, is to follow Jesus more closely in humiliations. With the sisters, kind, very kind, but firm in obedience. With the poor, gentle and considerate. With the sick, extremely kind. Second, to smile at God. Pray for me that in the first and second resolution I give glory to God. Rather than hardening her, her correspondence shows that suffering rendered her more kind-hearted. She encouraged others to smile in suffering as she herself did. My dear Jacqueline Teresa, I wonder how disappointed you must be with my silence. But please forgive me, as I am getting, as I am kept going the whole day. Please thank in my name all those who have given so generously. I use the money for the convent. You will be glad to hear we have got a new house for the professed. It was.
It was a miserable looking building. Now it looks really beautiful. Our chapel is there also. I hope someday you will come to India and see our lovely chapel. The priests love coming here for Holy Mass. How are you, my little sister? You don't know how much I rely on you, on your love for Jesus and souls. It seems as if I neglect you, but I don't think a day passes without me uniting myself to you. So what does it matter whether I write or not? You know, in the sacred heart of Jesus, we are one. So smile and have that total surrender, loving trust, and perfect cheerfulness, which is the spirit of our society. And so bring many, many souls to Christ. Love Jesus. Live with Jesus. That you may live for Jesus. Mother Teresa. Archbishop Perrier continued to counsel Mother Teresa concerning the darkness. At this time, he interpreted it as purification and protection against pride in the face of the remarkable fruitfulness of her work. With regard to the feeling of loneliness, of abandonment, of not being wanted, of darkness of the soul, it is a state well known by spiritual writers and directors of conscience. This is willed by God in order to attach us to him alone, an antidote to our external activities, and also, like any temptation, a way of keeping us humble in the midst of applauses, publicity, praises, appreciation, etc., and success. To feel that we are nothing, that we can do nothing, is the realization of a fact. We know it. We say it. Some feel it. That is why stick to God and like the little Bernadette, at the end of her last retreat wrote, God alone, God everywhere, God in everybody and in everything. God always. With St. Ignatius, you may add, my only wish and desire, the one thing I humbly crave to have is the grace to love God, to love him alone. Beyond that, I ask for nothing more. I wish you all a happy feast of St. Ignatius. God bless you, one and all. Mother Teresa took his advice seriously, yet grasped a further purpose to her suffering. It was the price she was paying for others to come closer to God. A couple of months later, she asked the Archbishop, Please pray for me, now more than ever. I understand how close I must come to God if I wish to bring souls to him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us.
Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Suddenly, a new person enters the drama. This Father Lawrence Trevor Picacci. He's a Jesuit priest. He came to give a retreat. And it's his presence there that opens up a possibility for Mother Teresa to speak to someone about her darkness. She tried to speak to Father Van Exum. She opened up to the Archbishop because Father Van Exum told her to. But that was in writing. And yet God sends her someone. He sends her someone else that she can begin to open up to. Did she first get relief? No. So we shouldn't be discouraged if sometimes we try something or something seems to be working or we think it's going to work and it doesn't work right away. Just because something doesn't immediately work or just because something is not immediately and obviously helping, it doesn't mean we should give up. Sometimes relationships take time to develop. Sometimes we need to give a certain relationship or a certain situation time before we make a judgment about it. But God always rewards us. God cannot be outdone in generosity. And that's the way Mother Teresa interprets the way things unfold. That because she was willing to open herself, and notice this willingness was really a kind of being forced by God's hand. There was something almost from the Holy Spirit compelling her to speak. It was almost as though she couldn't refuse to open up to this priest. In a way, she, of course, could refuse. But she consented. She went along with this inspiration. And because she did, and because it was very painful to do so, she thinks that God sort of rewarded her sisters and made this priest their confessor. And this priest became very, very helpful to the sisters. He would eventually become the Archbishop of Calcutta. He would eventually become a cardinal. And so this relationship that began in confession grew into something very important for the sisters later on. And so we see mother's sacrifice leads to fruitfulness. And the immediate fruitfulness of her dealing with this darkness, of her enduring it, of her not giving up, is that she desires to be kind like Jesus. She desires to be gentle and considerate. She desires to be a cheerful giver. And in fact, this letter to Jacqueline, her second self, breathes a kind of gentleness, doesn't it? Mother Teresa's suffering allowed her to be compassionate to others. She could understand what other people were going through. She could enter into what was happening to them. 
be a great listener. You know, St. Paul says we don't have a great high priest who can't sympathize with us in our weakness, but like us, he's been tried in all things. He's talking about our Lord. But all of us, through our baptism, share in the royal priesthood, the baptismal priesthood. We're not ministerial priests. We can't say mass, hear confessions. Well, if you're ordained, you can, but the baptized can't. But that doesn't mean they don't share in Christ's priesthood. They're not priests in the sense of ministerial priests. They're not sharing in the priesthood of Christ, the head of the church, but they share in his priesthood. And so Mother Teresa, in her priestly soul, in this being a mediator, being able to offer up spiritual sacrifice, of being able to bring God's love to other people and to bring their suffering to God, she could understand them. She could sympathize. She could help them. There was nothing you could not bring to Mother Teresa. There's nothing you couldn't talk to her about. There was nothing that she sort of couldn't understand. And that way, she's like an icon, an image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She teaches us how great the Blessed Virgin Mary is. In a small way, she reflects that love, that wisdom, that courage, that motherly heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And notice that Mother Teresa got help from these priests. She got help from Archbishop Perrier. He, in fact, gives her deeper insight into her darkness, her suffering. It's about purification, he says. It's about stripping away any kind of reliance on anything that's not God. It's even stripping away attachment to success and to praise. It's making the soul completely reliant on God. There's nothing in itself. There's nothing in the created world that it can rely on, even its own feelings. And it becomes completely reliant on God. And that's true. But Mother, it's a deeper insight, doesn't she? she realizes that this is really a, also about helping others. She sees it as a kind of price she has to pay for others to come closer to God. And this is very much the mark of an MC. It's a missionary impulse that they have. They want to see they're suffering, they want to see penance, they want to see their crosses, not only as helping themselves, but also helping others. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.